Here we are locked on NFL, taking you around the National Football League alongside my co-host, former NFL scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. This Thursday edition of the show, as always, we're bringing on our friend from The Athletic, Mr. Mike Sando. We've got strength of schedule as it pertains to opposing quarterbacks, which I think is really interesting, and it's the latest from Mike at The Athletic. And of course, we've got to talk about Andrew Luck. And Mike checks in with uh, some execs and how they feel around the National Football League about the stunning retirement of Andrew Luck. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review this show. We are everywhere. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. And you can find Mike at Sando NFL. And with that, let's get it going. Mike, Matt, how are you fellas today? Great. Yep. Good to be here. So the title of your latest at The Athletic, or one of your last two articles, is This is Courageous, This is What Defines Him. League execs react to Andrew Luck's retirement. What was the number one takeaway when you talk to people around the league about this stunning development? Okay, so like initially, I think people react from a team standpoint of what does this mean for the team? What the heck is he doing? I mean, I think you really wonder. Um, you didn't, we didn't have information initially. Then when he spoke, I think we had a sense of sort of the humanity of this and just mm. what he was going through. And so uh, the people that I spoke with, I thought, made a good point that, look, you, you look at how Luck played the game, the toughness, very team-oriented, um, and him making this move to do this as opposed to doing what would be in his best interest financially, which would be to just let it linger through the season. He may, you know, his status may be clouding the season. He just bowed out now and the team can move on and he can move on. Obviously he didn't feel the same way about the game as he did when he was healthy. And so it was a, it was viewed a little bit more positively than I thought it would be. Mike, I still think they can be highly competitive in that division. I'm a huge Brissett believer. Do you agree with me? Do execs agree with me or is it, Oh, doom and gloom. You know, I think that there's a feeling that Brissett's good enough for them you know, to at least steer the ship and that they have a good enough organization uh, around him to compete in the AFC South and I think be a, you know, team that wins eight or nine games. But I don't think that people feel like they're going to go all the way. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, when you have Andrew Luck, I think you feel like you might be able to go all the way. So you said you're a huge Luck or a Brissette believer like, you think he's a top couple tiered quarterback or you're just a believer in him being a competent starter like Andy Dalton is? Um, somewhere between, I would say. I mean, I'm also a huge Luck fan and thought he was the second best quarterback in the league. So there's going to be a huge drop off. But I think Brissett can be, yeah, a, a, a tier two might be a little rich, but tier three um, starting quarterback with a real foundation there to build off of great infrastructure with the Colts give him a real chance to succeed, a lot of tools. I mean, been around some great ones. So, yeah, I have faith in him. And, and what I think, too, we need to acknowledge is that even as good as uh, Luck played last year, they did a lot of stuff to help him. You know, I mean, I yeah. think that early on especially it was a shorter passing game. They tried to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, they certainly have a much better offensive line. And so last year his numbers probably looked like similar, you know, from afar. Uh, to when he was really carrying the whole team, but he wasn't carrying the whole team to the same degree. And I think that support structure is obviously more important now going with the backup, but at least it's somebody they liked. They went and acquired him. He's been there a while um, and he's tough. I think he's, 
uh, admired in that locker room. So they're going to be a team that uh, I think will still be a tough out. That's a great point how it pertains to the rest of the roster because we've seen big quarterbacks go down. Last year, I'm close to the 49ers, and we saw Jimmy Garoppolo go down, and it was like, okay, there was a lot of hype with the 49ers. You thought the roster was maybe better than it was. He gets hurt, and you realize, okay, you see a lot more warts on the rest of the roster that you might not have seen before when they won five straight to end the 2017 season or after the offseason when everyone's really excited about a team and, and what they're building there. Uh, but we've seen in the past when Tom Brady went down and Matt Castle led them into the playoffs. And we've seen different scenarios play out. So that's a big question to me is, is the program already so set and established now with Indianapolis under Frank Reich? And is there enough talent throughout the rest of the roster that even when the sheen comes off of everybody, you know, when you when you turn on the flashlight in a dark room, how good does everybody look now when you, because you're not just, it's not just one quarterback to the other. It affects yeah. It affects not only the offense, too. It affects the defense and how good everybody looks on Sundays. Yeah, I think what Matt is saying is that, look, this is not a replacement-level quarterback going in mm-hmm. to where suddenly we're all just biting our fingernails trying to win four games. You know, I think that's what Matt's saying, and I would agree with that, that he's at least a competent starter. So when you have a competent starter with good support around you, I think you can be a competitive team. When it comes to the rest of the division now, you've got the Houston Texans there where there is a lot of talk about potential trades coming in and out. Do you think this helps their chances to not have to do much and just stand pat and go win themselves a division? Jadavian Clowney potentially could be moved. Do you think they still try to get something done with him? Uh, Lamar Miller, do they stand pat with Duke Johnson? What are your vibes there now in the division and especially with the Colts opponents? Yeah, I would say on the on the Texans, you know, they're in a little bit of a pickle here because I would keep Jadavian Clowney, all right? Because anything unless you're gonna get, you know, Trent Williams a starting tackle, okay. But to trade Jadavian Clowney for let's say a second round pick when if you let him leave, you're gonna get a third round comp. I mean, don't they have to be a competitive team now and try to win? You know what I mean? How long do they have to build this thing for the future? It feels like You're playing on Deshaun Watson's rookie deal. You've got a coach who's had moderate success but has been there a while. They fired the GM. And so to me, if I'm the owner of that team, I'm not, I'm like, hey, we gotta, we gotta try to maximize this window now. How are we better getting rid of Jaded Avian Clowney unless we get Trent Williams for a top tackle? I just don't like the idea for them of trading for a pick when you're gonna get a pick anyway. Yeah, my thoughts on the Texans, too, are, you know, you're not going to get a Khalil Mack type of deal for Clowney, so why not try to win with them now, especially with the luck news? I mean, they won the division last year. They only have so you know such such a small window for, you know, chances to, to succeed in this league. He can help you win. You're going to get a comp pick anyways when he leaves next year. Maybe it's a little bit lower than what you'd get in return. But I would be more in the market of let's add Trent Williams. Let's call about... Shady McCoy, or I mean, maybe he's not the best idea, but a, a bigger back possibly. Although I'm kind of excited about Duke, but I would be more of let's add to the team as opposed to let's uh, turn Clowney into a pick and then that pick goes to Washington. I mean, I guess I would kind of understand that, but overall, go all in, be aggressive, try to win this thing. Yeah, the big question is can you get Clowney to come back and continue to play without anything changing contract wise? Yeah, and good so point. that that's a that's a big question. But if you can, I'm with you. Go all in. Add everything. Add them all. Keep Clowney. Add a running back. Add Trent Williams. Add everything you can. Win in this window. And if you're the current coach, 
maybe you're thinking, okay, you can't really play the long game because it's all on you now. And GM's gone, and I think it was a great point Mike brought up about the GM structure and what's going on there. It's all Bill O'Brien. If this year fails, then you got to imagine he's on the hot seat too. So if he's in charge and he's pulling the strings, let's go win now and prove, okay, I'm the guy, I'm at the top of the mountain, and then bring in a, a yes man sort of for him as a GM next offseason or something like that because it's an interesting front office structure they have going into this season and it might actually be easier for a coach to say you know what whatever let's go do this where a GM might say okay hold on this isn't smart we can't do this and we can't give up whatever for this player or this player he can just say let's go let's make this happen yeah give me some guys I want to win let's uh, take a quick break here come back with more Mike Sando quarterback strength of schedule after this Long day at work, still stuck at the office, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Folks, it is a new season. Antonio Brown's with the Raiders. Lev Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is a brownie. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my mo- is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. Period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred thousand dollars, and it only costs a hundred bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. That's why my bookie is always the right place to play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. So, up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON when creating your your claim when you're creating your account to claim the bonus again that's locked on two words locked on bet win get paid we're back yep. locked on NFL Brian Peacock Matt Williamson and our guest Mike Sando today Mike I'm very interested in if for those of you who don't know and you might want to go back and listen to the last couple of podcasts with Mike Sando and of course go check out his articles at the Athletic he had executives around the league rank current NFL starters in tiers. And now this is very interesting looking at that under the lens of opponents' strength of schedule and those quarterback tiers. And of course, Andrew Luck's retirement altered that a little bit, but uh, I'm fascinated here. By the way, did did you talk to any execs about where they would put Jacoby Brissett now? Well, I talked, he was in the survey a year ago, okay? And he really came in pretty low. Uh, some of that was because you go in the fourth tier if, you, if we haven't seen enough. But um, there, wasn't, there, there was respect, but not a ton of excitement. So what I did was I took his average tier grade. One to five is where you can be. And obviously a one is Tom Brady, you know? And a five would be you're not even probably a backup, you know? So he, a, a year ago, was like a 3.9 right in that range. And I said, you know, 
I'm not going to plug in a 3.9 because I think we think a little better of him after a year, uh, sure. you know, there. And so I think I looked at where he would be slotted and made him about a 3.7, and I kind of put him in. I think he was above Ryan Fitzpatrick, but maybe below, you know, um, uh, Josh Allen from Buffalo. And we can quibble. We may You may like him more or less than that, but he hasn't played for a year, so I wasn't going to just elevate him above a bunch of guys who showed maybe some promise last year. Uh, so that's just where I put him. So what Mike did, too, is after the luck news, he did like a strength of schedule for just the quarterbacks people are going to face. So luck's out of the equation. Brissett is in, for the, if that was unclear to anybody. And I, I kind of want to talk about the guys, at the, the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom, if that works. Yep. For you no, I totally think that's where it's at because who cares? You know, 12 versus 18 is the same, right? But number yeah. one versus number 32 – now, that's interesting. So I would love to talk about the teams that have the easiest and the hardest. Let's start with the hardest. Does that work for you guys? Yeah. Let's do it. Chicago Bears come in at one. I mean, Rodgers in the division stands out to me. The other two quarterbacks in the division aren't too shabby either. But uh, tell me about what you find with, with your Bears uh, analysis here. Yeah, so stop me when you find a quarterback that isn't good on you know against the <laughs> they got to play Rodgers. Breeze, Mahomes, Rivers, and Wentz. Those are their top five. Wow. And remember, you're going to get Rodgers twice, okay? Yeah, right. So that's six of your games against guys that right now all the other teams in the league would trade for. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? MVP-type guys. Then we get into our middle class of quarterbacks that face them. It's Stafford and Goff. Well, on any given day, those guys could be good or bad, but I think for the most part, they're pretty good quarterbacks. And you're going to get Stafford twice. So – I don't think they're scared of Stafford, but you could face a lot worse quarterbacks, right? Um, Cousins, Prescott, Carr. I mean, those are not, not terrible quarterbacks, you know? Yeah, right. We've already gone through. There's only three quarterbacks left on the roster, and that's Flacco, who's going to be in a play-action system, that you know, with a decent offensive line. Eli Manning, who, you know, we don't love, and Case Keenum, who we don't love. So there's just really a lot more really good upper-tier guys that they're facing compared to lower-tier, and that's why they – have the toughest schedule. But obviously, that is brutal. And then those last two, the Giants and Redskins, might be starting a rookie. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I find super interesting is you have Mitch Trubisky, obviously the starting quarterback for the Bears. His average was 3.07 for his uh, tier ranking. There's only yes. one quarterback on this list that's lower in Case Keenum, so 12 wow. quarterbacks higher of the 13 quarterbacks that he's going to face this year. And now all the Bear fans are, you know, I can't believe right. it. I thought Trubisky's a top five quarterback. Whether you agree with that <laughs> ranking of Trubisky or not, but that just goes to show you, and, and I think it's interesting, it would be interesting to see the number of uh, when you, so opposing quarterback averages here that the Bears are going to face, 2.22, and the difference between the team's starter, in this case Trubisky, 3.07, and the opposing quarterback average, that would be interesting to see those averages. Uh, the differential there between the current starter and the and the starters you're facing all year for each team. I actually have that. I have, I oh, probably you? have to dial that up, but I did. I, I did do that. It is, it is interesting. I think I have to update it though since uh, since Luck was out of there. But the Patriots, um, as you would imagine, having mm -hmm. you know one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, and then having a very easy schedule, came out the most positive, and I believe. Well, it'd be Arizona and some of those teams uh, that are facing tougher slates of quarterbacks without having top-tier ones themselves who would be at the other end. 
and again, this is just, we're talking quarterbacks here. We're not talking the team versus the other team. So this doesn't, you know, solidify anything necessarily, but it is pretty telling. And quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. And it's interesting because I feel a little bit worse looking at it like this about my pick of the over when Matt and I did that yesterday and picking the over on the over under for the Chicago Bears. But it also just shows how, I mean, still after all these years, New England Patriots now have the easiest and they're the one of the easiest teams to pick around the league. I think Matt and I are probably both going to pick them when we talk about the AFC East and our picks to win the division there. You look at Tom Brady, tier one guy, and has the the easiest schedule of opposing quarterbacks to go against. I mean, it's almost unfair at some point. Well, yeah, it, it feels unfair to everyone else, but <laughs> they, in the AFC, they never have to play Brady. That's the awesome part about it for them. True. But, uh, you know, they do, the Patriots do get Mahomes. They do get Roethlisberger. They do get Wentz. Um, Deshaun Watson, you know, but is a, is potentially a tough one. And Baker Mayfield could be better than he showed in the ratings. But from there, you sort of get into Dak Prescott, Dalton, Eli Manning, Darnold, who could be good, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Fitzpatrick, Keenum. There's a lot of games there where you feel like there's a huge advantage having Tom Brady on the other side. And, I, and, you know, more than a regular strength of schedule, which takes into usually a you know, last year's record or that sort of thing, and can be very volatile. Quarterback quality is somewhat stable. And when I look at, you know, how a tier one does against a tier two and how a tier one does against a tier three and vice versa, and there's a table in there in my piece on the athletic, um, it holds up. I mean, the higher tier quarterbacks have good records against the lower tier. Yeah. And I think it's a good point you said too, because yeah, a bunch of defensive injuries could strike or the line's not as good, but I think it's pretty predictive that. Phil Rivers is probably going to be pretty decent this year. Drew Brees is probably going to be pretty good this year. Like, some will change a little, but I think yeah. this is very predictive. Yeah, yep, it is. And it showed that showed up when I looked at the tier versus tier um, records. I thought that was kind of interesting. I also sliced this and diced it by division, who has the, uh, <laughs> the best and worst division. So the NFC North has the best, and the AFC East has the worst, even with Brady in there. And that makes sense. The Vikes are second hardest on this list. We probably could, you know, just kind of bypass them because a lot of the same culprits here, although their quarterback's a little bit higher ranked, you know, Cousins than Trubisky. But yep. this is rough news, man. The Cardinals have the third hardest slate, as if things weren't rough enough for them already. <laughs> they do. And, <laughs> yeah, we, we like, you know, we're excited to see Kyler Murray, but they're going to get Breeze. They're going to get Roethlisberger. They get two doses of Russell Wilson. They get Matt Ryan, Stafford, Goff, Mayfield, Cam Newton, who's low-ranked in the survey because he's coming off injury, but is a tough thing to yeah. deal with. Garoppolo, who could be pretty good. We'll see about having Winston with Arians. But, you know, really their three worst are Dalton, Eli Manning, and Lamar Jackson. And I think on any given day, Lamar Jackson's a tough quarterback to defend. Yeah, Lamar Jackson gets a little bit of a bum deal here because I don't think preparing for him throughout the week's a walk in the park. No. And it's crazy. Cam Newton's the eighth toughest quarterback on your slate. I mean, and if you give Goff two and Wilson two, he becomes, what, the 10th or the 11th or 10th. It's not very good math. I mean, that's <laughs> brutal. That's brutal. And then Brian's Niners are right after that. Good to hear in case you didn't catch that, Brian. But yeah, the Niners no. are in for a tough slate, too. I did see so. that, but of course, the Jimmy Garoppolo ranking is so far off. Uh, he's going <laughs> to be a couple tiers higher, uh, so I think that's going to change everything when we look back on this thing. But yeah, the 49ers coming in fourth, a lot of the same 
uh, opposing quarterbacks that the Arizona Cardinals are going to face. It's just a tough go for a lot of these teams. One thing I find interesting, though, is Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are both at the bottom, and both of those guys could really outplay what their tier ranking is right now. Yep, and that, that's one thing we got to look at is in Sam Darnold. I mean, there's people that you can be excited about that you may think are better than this, and that could affect um, the rankings. I do think, though, uh, like the people that are in Tier 1 um, is fairly reliable, right? Those guys probably aren't yeah. going to go up to Brady. So as I stacked them, um, the Saints play the fewest Tier 1 quarterbacks this year, one. And then there's half a dozen teams that play five at the other end. Vikings, ooh. Raiders, Bears, 49ers, Ravens, and Broncos each have five games against Tier 1. I think it's also interesting to look at the opposite. Like Tier 4 was the, the lowest that anybody was in um, this year. And there's, you know, the Jets and the Patriots each have six games against Tier 4 guys. You know, the Pit Steelers and the Dolphins each have five. So there's wow. teams at the other end that only have one against the Tier 4. The Colts, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Rams, Lions, Vikings, Bucks, Saints. Packers, Raiders, all just one game against Tier 4 quarterbacks. And, and the Bears are in there, too, so are the Seahawks. So um, if you have a good quarterback and you have a bunch of games against Tier 4, that's a big advantage. we got to step aside real quick. More with Mike Sando, quarterback tier strength of schedule after this. Yeah, Mike, I have a question for you, too. And I don't know if you have this, but I think it'd be interesting to go backwards and say what teams we have. You have the ranks that are current. What teams in 2018 faced the toughest and easiest slate? Because I go, I know as I'm always talking Steelers, but I we often talk on my Steelers show. Boy, the Steelers faced a murderer's row of Breeze, Ryan, Mahomes, Brady, Rivers, Mahomes. I mean, it's just tons of awful quarterbacks to play against last year, and then they have a much easier skid of quarterbacks this year. So I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see. You know, maybe a team like the Vikings that just missed the playoffs. Boy, they they faced a bunch of really good quarterbacks. Or uh, like that. that sounds like a good homework assignment, Matt. I, yeah. I like I like homework. Maybe we come back on our next occasion that we're together, and I have those results. I think that I would like be good. It. Yeah, I like I mean, that. The, the let's let's give Mike Sando more work. He doesn't have enough already, right? Right. Get to work. You can <laughs> sit around doing nothing. <laughs> that's a joke because i already had to leave this call once uh, with an interview coming in so yeah i have a couple things going on but you guys do too so we do we do uh, one more thing about the difficult guys is tampa is fifth and man i mean i feel bad for this organization it's like atlanta's in your division carolina's in your division the saints are in your division which obviously contributes to this them being fifth but as if they don't have enough things going enough obstacles Boy, they got a murderer's row of quarterbacks, too. You know, there's an interesting note on this that is not at close enough to the front of my brain right now. But if you go back to, like, when the Glazers have owned that team, I think they've always had in that division a breeze. Or, you know, they've always had – there's always been mm-hmm. elite guys all the way through, and I'd have to look back at it. But I think you even go back to when they were in the old NFC – Central, they would have had Favre, right? No, that's they, a good point. They're right, in the right. same division. So if you go back a long ways, they've always had like a Hall of Famer to go against in that division for many, many years. Um, as far as feeling sorry for them, I mean, I, you know, to an extent, I think they haven't exactly um, handled things the right way um, over years from an ownership level. You know, they've been the team that's been very reactive. You know, hey, let's fire Lovey Smith because we don't want to lose Dirk Cutter, right? You know, hey, 
uh, oh, you know what, we're going to get Bruce Arians, let's give Jason Light a five-year deal because we want to keep those guys together. They're always sort of doing things in a reactive way, and I think that's one of the reasons they're, um, they've had some struggles. I love this kind of work because it really changes the way you look at the league and, and how things work together. And, of course, it's just quarterbacks versus quarterbacks, so we're not saying anything about teams and, and who's going to be winning these football games, but I think there's probably a correlation here. It'll be fun to chart. Uh, for Matt or for Mike, of course, and more more work for you to do after the season. But I'm looking at some teams that have not all the way down at the easiest schedule, but I just wanted to see some teams in the middle and see what their schedules look like. And so a team like the Green Bay Packers and a team like the Washington Redskins, who are 20 and 21. I mean, the Redskins have the 21, the 21st hardest schedule. So on the easier half of things in the NFL, as far as opposing quarterbacks that they're going to face, but they yep. still have Rodgers, Brady, Wentz twice, Stafford, Newton. There is no easy schedule in the NFL is kind of what I'm what I'm getting at when, when I'm looking at these uh, these tiers and the players you have to face. And it's there's so many good quarterbacks in the NFL. There really are. But if you look at the bottom half of the Redskins, it's Fitzpatrick, Josh Allen. OK, Darnold may be good. Trubisky, Eli. I mean, there's Garoppolo there, too. I guess he's a tier one. But, <laughs> he's all right. but for but you know what I mean? There are some games in there where um, you may feel like you have a chance against some of those guys now. Of course, Trubisky's showing up with a great defense, and that changes everything. But the Packers, the bottom end of theirs, Keenum, Trubisky, Eli Manning, Flacco, Derek Carr, you're feeling like with Rodgers, you better win those games. That's a good point. Um, looking at this list, too, you mentioned divisions earlier, that the Patriots have the easiest slate because they cheat and they get everything. And <laughs> <laughs> But the AFC East and the AFC North are really interesting to me because – in a way, they kind of mirror each other in that there's two Hall of Famers there. There's Ben and there's Brady, and I think Brady's playing better than Ben right now. But then there's four guys that are just massive wild cards. Like, they have to be ranked low for your purposes. Allen, Lamar, Baker, Darnold. But they might be really good. There is. They can go either way. So when I look at AC North, they actually, their quarterbacks average a 2.66, and the quarterbacks they face average a 2.66. So maybe a... Uh a little bit of a, a an even matchup there, and NFC East comes in lower, and I think that's because you know Keenum is there. There's still some good quarterbacks there. And I think I think Dak Prescott comes in lower than people would, you know, maybe assume from the outside. So, but as is the case, I think when you get into the middle tier of the quarterback, so much more about the team around you um, affects that and your ability to succeed. And I think that's why it's probably a little bit. It is more volatile with those guys that are in the middle. Mike, fantastic stuff. Um, loving all of your work for The Athletic. You guys got to go to theathletic.com if you're not subscribed. It's worth it just for the Mike Sando articles alone. Uh, always appreciate the time, Mike, and looking forward to uh, you completing your homework assignments, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. And tomorrow, Locked On NFL. We skipped the Twitter Tuesday this week, so we'll uh, switch it up to Friday. I guess it has to have an alliteration, so it'll be the Fan Friday episode tomorrow find me on twitter at bd peacock matt is at williamson nfl we'll put out a tweet asking for questions too but uh, tag us and we'll find you drop us some questions for tomorrow's fan friday episode right here locked on nfl